Hello and welcome back to another edition of A Trip Down Vicarage Road, the Watford podcast which aims to interview former coaches, players and managers about their time with the Hornets. I'm your host Bradley Hayden, a freelance sports journalist, but most importantly, a massive Watford fan for over the last 10 years. Thanks to all those who listened into my previous podcast with Nick Wright. I really enjoyed speaking to Nick, not only about his time at Watford, but remembering that famous Wembley goal that he scored against Bolton Wanderers, which will not only go down in history as as one of the, the best goals to ever be scored by a player wearing a Watford shirt, but also one of the best goals to ever be scored at the old Wembley. I mean, I don't I don't remember a week that goes by without it not being shown on Sky Sports or popping up on social media in some way, shape or form. So it was really good to speak to Nick about that. And if and you if did miss that podcast, it's available on SoundCloud, iTunes and Acast alongside episodes with the likes of John Eustace, uh, Paul Robinson, Nigel Gibbs and many more as we speak to players and former coaches about their time at the club. This week, though, my podcast is with someone a little bit more left field because it's someone that maybe Watford fans don't remember too much uh, because he he didn't make 100 or 200 appearances or or more than that or he didn't achieve any sort of silverware with with the club during his time at Vicarage Road. Um, This week, I'm speaking to Lewis McGugan, who joined the Watford uh, from Nottingham Forest on a free transfer in 2013. And I remember there being a great deal of excitement around that arrival at the time because Lewis joined after a successful few years at Nottingham Forest. And he was one of the, the best midfielders outside of the Premier League at that time and came with a reputation of scoring a spectacular goals. I mean, he scored a fantastic goal at, at Vicarage Road against Watford uh, a few years before joining the club. And he, he was capable of scoring from all sorts of distances. Um, he was a regular for Watford during his first season at Vicarage Road under the likes of Gianfranco Zola and Beppe Sanino, uh, scoring 11 goals in, in 37 appearances. But Lewis was kind of a victim of, of all of the... Uh, managerial changes at Vicarage Road the following summer because he he fell out of favour, he fell down the pecking order and ultimately he left Watford under a bit bit of a cloud really in the end just after Slavisa Djukanovic took over uh, and initially joined Sheffield Wednesday on loan, a move which, which quickly became permanent. So on this week's episode we'll speak to Lewis uh, about his time at Watford. He's had a bit of a frustrating time of late. He's been without a club for over the last two years now since he left Northampton in 2018. So we'll speak to him about that as well. We'll also bring up uh, scoring its Nottingham Forest, of course, just weeks after joining the club, working under the likes of Gianfranco Zola and Beppe Sanino. I'm sure that will be very interesting. Um, And much, much more as we speak to Lewis about his time at Vicarage Road. Lewis, firstly, thanks for joining me. Um, before we get into your time at Watford, for those Watford fans that don't know what you're up to at the minute, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a difficult time for you, hasn't it? We've yeah. been without a club for for over a year or so now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's been a, it's been a tough tough period. Uh, been a lonely period. Uh, but like I said, you've just got to uh, take each day as it comes uh, and just try and. Be positive and and just hopefully hopefully something's around the corner. Um, you still looking to play and and if so, what what level were you looking to to continue at? If if you yeah, you I'm still, like to I get... said, I'm still here. I'm still keeping fit every day. I'm still doing doing all I can do to be ready for that phone call. And I'm I'm still wanting to play and I still know that I can offer uh, 
offer a lot and it's just it's just hopefully uh, someone giving me that opportunity and like I say I, I know I can still play in the football league uh, at, at any of the levels and that's something that I'm I'm still hoping to do so I'm uh, I'm, I'm keeping all doors open at the minute but that's that's something that I'm I'm, I'm concentrating on and for those what for the fans listening to it and thinking what's happened what, why is Lewis out of the game um, what, what can you say around around that yeah, it's 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 quite tough uh, to explain. Uh, it's a lot of stuff have happened, and and it's it's it, it's hard not to go into it. Uh, but it's yeah, you know I mean, it's one of those things, and I'm in a position I am in now, and and uh, and all I can do is 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 try and stay positive and try and make the best of of this situation. And yeah, it hasn't gone the way I wanted it over the last couple of years but that's life and, 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 and that's something that uh, I've had to deal with uh, and I'm still dealing with it on a daily basis it's just the case of just understanding the process and just trusting the process of, of, of having faith in my own ability and know that I can still offer something Trying to stay positive how, how difficult has it been to, to stay positive um, in the last couple of years and the fact that things haven't gone the way you uh, that you and I think no one else would have maybe expected. No, no, no it's really tough. It's been really tough, and I'm not going to sit here and try and, and sugarcoat it and say it's not been tough because there has been days where where it's you know what I mean I'm really I don't know where to turn next, and it's it's hard. And like I said, I've got it's my uh, I'm a dad of and my two boys and, and they what keep me going and they what keep me positive and, 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 and keep grinding away really and let's go on to your time at Watford because your first season great season on a personal level for you 12, 12 or 13 goals I think that you, you scored and then the second season you know didn't go the way you would have wanted ended up leaving on loan etc etc so when you look back on your time at Watford is it a little bit with with mixed emotions of the with the with how it all all panned out yeah i think it was quite of a i think it was a, it was a strange strange time it was it's quite hard to kind of put things into kind of order really it was just a it was just a weird time uh i had a really good first season in the sense of i thought that Moving, moving from Forest, where I've been since as a kid, it was quite a big thing to to move completely to a different club, and it was moving to a different club also was it, which was also ran completely different to what I would have known and what I would have been expected. So I had to get used to a lot of things and moving out of Nottingham and moving away and living on my own. All these things kind of come into it. Uh, I actually lived in a hotel uh, just off Junction nine for probably oh i didn't move into my apartment till the october so that's how long i was in a hotel for which like i say some people wouldn't know it's very hard living out of one room when you so it was it was it was and without loved ones yeah, around you at the yeah, time it was uh it was it was very but like i said i thought that i i i i adapted as as well as possible and i thought i had a good season as an individual as a team we kind of we probably failed uh we started off really well but we kind of fizzled out with the uncertainty when Gianfranco left and kind of I didn't I think we kind of lost our way really in, in what we were trying to do and I think the season just ended up we had a chance of making the playoffs but I think it ended up fizzling out and it was a, it was a shame and then 
coming back to the the second season, I think the the kind of influx really quickly of the managers of of Sonino and then uh, Oscar Garcia and then Billy McKinley, kind of in the space of probably a two month, weeks, you know yeah, I mean? two it three was, weeks. It was, it was it was ridiculous. So I probably got kind of caught up in that because I wasn't in the team prior to them coming in. So normally when a manager comes in, he kind of just keeps it as simple as possible. So. And then, and then when 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 Slav come in, I was kind of already my mindset was already. I think I need to. I think I need to go to at least go and play some football. I don't think kind of my face fits here anymore. Uh, was bringing in uh, other players, uh, and I just I just thought it was it was time to go. So my 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 spell with Slav was quite brief uh, in a sense of. As he was coming in, I kind of already, already kind of made my mind up that if the opportunity come, come to leave, that, that I wanted to go. So, so yeah, and that's kind of how, how that, how that fizzled out. And 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 to be fair, it was, I went on loan. I had the chance to go on loan to Sheffield Wednesday, which was obviously back home. My partner uh, was was pregnant at the time, which so it 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 made it made a massive difference to to go back and. And, uh, and and try and go and play play at Sheffield Wednesday and 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 to be fair it was a great uh, that that period under Stuart Gray, which who who was probably my probably my best manager in a sense of uh, man to man I think I, he was he was brilliant I couldn't I can't speak highly enough of him in this situation when I went in he he just gave me the platform he he just simplified so so many things so easy and he just gave me the opportunity to go and play and it just felt like at that time with the thing of what it felt like what i needed uh i needed to just go and play football and be a kid again and that's that's how i felt with the loan spell at sheffield wednesday so uh i you know what i mean i don't regret that that was brilliant i came back obviously what i got promoted which was which was uh quite weird obviously being at the club but also being away from the club so I went back pre-season, but I had in my the club had moved on, uh, did and that's just fact they they kind of moved on. But I went back with obviously the new manager, Kike uh, Sanchez yeah, Rose, yeah, yeah, who for the brief pre-season I had with him, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was brilliant. Is the way he worked, and could I come? Could I come back off a good time at Sheffield Wednesday? It was probably one of the best periods I had at Watford I know that sounds quite mad but that pre-season I really I knew I made a big impression on him uh, and it was it's it's quite sad really because I had a year left on my contract there was in the Premier League I was all at the bottom of the pile and if it was being obviously I had uh, a baby on the way if, if, if it was just me and I could just be selfish I would have kind of back myself and said no I'm going to stay here because I think that I've made the impression I think I can be around but obviously with the premiership you have the 25 man squad so it's not that it's not that easy and sometimes the squad just isn't big enough so uh, I stayed around for as long as possible but we was bringing in uh, bringing in players uh, at the time just before I was thinking of leaving the time we was they was trying to sign I think it was a time when well uh, Etienne come in, but they were trying to get Stambouli as well, 
as kind of the double thing from from Spurs, and I think that Stambouli chose somewhere else, and and obviously Etienne come in. So I was thinking at that point where I'm already kind of down the list anyway with two Premiership experienced midfielders coming in. That's so, uh, the chances of me, even if I know I've had a good preseason, the chance of me being in this 25 man squad are very uh, are very slim, and I still give it give it the as much opportunity as possible if I'm I can remember I actually was on the bus ready to travel I think we were going to Germany that season for pre-season hmm. I was actually on the bus I actually left I got the phone call I left Sotwell House so I stayed the night before before we was leaving I actually got the phone call from my agent driving to the training ground basically saying they've they've they've, they've agreed the, they've agreed something with Sheffield Wednesday and I was still at that point I wanted to kind of speak to the manager and still ask the question because I, I honestly thought that I had a chance and speaking, I didn't get to speak to the manager. I, I spoke to the technical director there and I kind of knew even if the manager wanted to, it's probably not going to happen. So I had to make a decision and I took my bags off the coach and, and drove straight to Sheffield and, and, and that was kind of it really, which is a bit, it was a bit, it was a bit sad in the way it ended because I probably uh, I was really, really in a good place. Uh, like I said, I come back and it was a Premiership squad now and under under a new manager, which is blank canvas, and that, and that was quite that was quite good because it, he had no idea. He was just looking, and I and I knew that I was doing well, but I had to kind of look out for my 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 pending family and I had to look at the bigger picture which was which was quite quite sad but but uh just being real really Jan mm. Franco was yeah your first head coach <laughs> that the head coach you played or manager you played the most under during your time at, at Watford just to start off with um what what was he like to work with and and how big an impact did he have on you as a player because I've heard lots of current and former players tell me that Gianfranco was the best and if he wanted to he could probably still play a role today oh, because yeah. he's he's so good. Oh, yeah. Uh no, he's he's a he's a fantastic manager but he's a fantastic human being. And that's I think that if you ever ask people a, about Gianfranco you'll get a, a you I think that's will be your most common answer. As a person he's probably one of the best people I've ever come across. He's so kind, so thoughtful. For for what he's achieved in his career and for what he's done, he's so calm, placid, and just really, really not overly, don't like big crowds, doesn't like the attention on him. It's always about other people and that just speaks volume for him as a person. And, and as a manager, he... Like I said, I had the conversation with him prior to going in. When I went in there, we 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 got on really well. We got on really well, and I spoke to him since I've left there, and since he's left there, and we still had conversations. and And he was he was very uh, as a, as a as a as a player sometimes like any. You always have you have all kind of managers and coaches, but it's very it's a lot easier and also a lot more to take on board when 
whatever the manager's asking you to do, he can do it himself. And he he's shown that on numerous occasions. Like still every every Friday after training, me and him would have ten free kicks each every Friday, and would have a little little you know what I mean little bet. And it was just and and I was just at times I used to think he's unbelievable. Now and I it was a massive part of my game, and I always thought that, but. I think in, at the age he was, I think his his technical ability was, and to be able to stand there and have free kick lessons, cause that's what because I I was taking even though I was very confident in doing them, I was taking everything I could from him, and he would give me as much, uh, he would give me as much information as possible. But one of the big things were all so struck about me. When we did the free kicks, he never tried to change what I did, which would even though the success he had, he still never tried to change someone's change my way of kicking it or striking it or whatever. He just kind of whatever's comfortable for you, but give me as much as much information as possible on the side. But like I said, I can't speak highly enough of him, and uh, it was a decision that no, I've never. Re- re- regretted joining and having the chance to play under him and have you still taken bits what you learnt from Jan Franco into into your game as, as it since yeah, gone of on yeah of, of course he, he was he was very he was very good in the sense of I think he was perfect for, for Watford and what the owners wanted to do because obviously he was he was Italian which that was a massive part but he'd been in England so long he'd been in the league so long he knew both both parts and he, he merged them together so, so well and I think he, he also he tried to the English lads there he tried to give give them stuff from from a from a different culture and maybe try that but he wasn't assertive with it he was like certain things do it this way try this way and see that feels and it was very it was very uh, it was very nice in the sense of my time there you got to understand a different, uh, a different, different culture. The way uh, they did stuff and the way people looked at different things and 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 from a different country. So so yeah, it was it was it was good fun. You scored in your home debut against Bournemouth, but it was the the Nottingham Forest game. But I think fans really got to see what you you were all about that free kick, and I'm sure that was. A little bit mixed emotions for you as well. Yeah, I actually, funny enough, I actually, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and I've when it was, I know this might sound odd, it was one of the probably one of the worst days of my life. If that might, it, 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 I, I felt horrendous. I, I felt like I was on the pitch, but I wasn't there. Does that make it? It, I, it was, it was a surreal. It was, it was very, very strange, and it was still fresh and come back to how I left Nottingham Forest and it, I still hadn't had closure on it. So it was, it was, it, and it was still fresh, the staff and the, and the play. So it was very, it was a very, and could I, I'd only been at for, uh, Watford not so long. I still hadn't settled fully in there. So it was, it was a day where I was a bit, I, if I'm honest, I thought I, I played awful. I thought I, I I I kind of was there but I wasn't there and I scored the goal and to and this just shows of Gianfranco I come off and I know I come off after and he said to me 
listen, cut the occasion. You, you, it's stranger, and and I and I felt that, and it, and it was like I scored the goal, and it was a, a fantastic moment, and but kind of, I I was drained of the whole situation, the 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 morning, the build up of the game, and what's the the hardest thing is as well because you wasn't around any family. I had no one to bounce anything off. I was I was kind of waking up in the morning. I was just kind of twiddling my thumbs and and it was my thoughts with myself and that that didn't help me at all. So going into the game, it was yeah, it wasn't even though I scored the goal and and it was a really good goal. I don't look back at the game with fond fond memories. If I'm honest, I look at back at that goal for two reasons. One because I was with my mate at the game at the time, and as soon as you put the ball down, he was like, "This is going top corner. It's going straight in." And lo and behold, it did. And for afterwards, Irini, Brazilian guy, come from abroad. Yeah. He didn't know much English. Yeah. And I don't think he knew much about you. And he was kind of running up to you. And yeah, he, he seemed was, really it was, annoyed it was that quite, you weren't it was celebrated. It's strange because on, on, the, on the, if you watch it back, you see that happening. But at the time, I can't remember him doing that because I was just in a, and I had to, it was very, it was very, weird for me because I because of the the way I left Forest and I hadn't had closure with the fans I I didn't want to disrespect them but it's like I already kind of so it was out so many things was going through my head I can't remember him shouting in my face or when I look on the video I think to myself like Erie was like that anyway he was that kind of character he's a fantastic person didn't speak much English but a great character to to be around the club at the time but yeah, I don't. Uh, I can't remember him. Can't remember him doing that. But yeah, it it doesn't look the best. Best when you watch it back. I don't think he quite understood the uh, the culture in in this country. Mm. Uh, it, maybe they don't. Maybe it's not a massive thing from uh, back in Brazil. I'm not sure. Twelve goals that season. Obviously, Zola left. Pepe Zanino came in. Um, there was lots of reports surrounding towards his end of his time there about squad not getting on with him necessarily but um, what was he like behind the scenes because I think Watford fans took to him because of his his touchline antics the fact that he was fully immersed in the 90 yeah. minutes and he would be if he could yeah. I think he would pretty much like to be out there kicking and passing yeah. every single ball Yeah, but I'm, I think to behind the scenes maybe he was your, your typical Italian <sighs> manager yeah, it was. Uh, what can I? It was. It was a very strange situation because with Gianfranco being how he was and so calm, and we kind of went the total opposite, which was like the most fiery Italian managers. Everything he feels, he says, and it was his his antics, his mannerisms are hundred miles an hour. Which, as a fan, you would see. So it was a it it was quite it was it was quite strange to kind of get used to that having been in a in a completely different kind of philosophy be, beforehand and I just I don't really think a lot of the players took to it uh, I I think that I think that he had because of speaking to some of the 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 Italian players at the time just to try and get a bit of understanding of where where he's come from, what he's... I think that he, a lot of the time he managed in Serie B and I think that in Serie B, a lot of the players were saying that there's a lot of small stadiums. This, the kind of... This Serie A was the be-all and end-all and Serie B was quite... Uh, everything was quite small uh, in terms of the stadium. Everything was quite on a, on a low key. There was always in Serie A as 
kind of shadow. And I don't think he quite understood. I could be totally wrong. I don't think he quite understood coming to the championship. That's the second league. But I didn't think he realised how big the championship was. And in, in terms of he might have, what is the second division in England, second division in Italy. It can't be that much difference. But this, the championship is one of the biggest leagues in the world. And I think he, he had to come accustomed accustomed to that i don't i don't think he kind of understood understood that and i think he kind of had to understand he, he couldn't speak english for a, a long long time and that was that was a massive massive stumbling block because for quite the first few months everything was kind of interpreted which is is not good for anyone mm. uh and i think it was hard for him as well because he couldn't get everything he wanted to get across in how he wanted to get it across. So I think it was quite of a, uh, it, it was a bit of a stale time where things were just a bit up in the air. Uh, so, yeah. Did you feel maybe that team underachieved a little bit that season? Because, um, or was it not having, you know, losing your best, the top scorer in Vidra? Was that the, the, the first season yeah. I come in? Yeah, you lost uh, Vidra that summer, you lost Chalaba that summer, you lost Hogg yeah, that summer, I, and I, Alman Abdi was out for most that season yeah. as well. And Do you think we underachieved or was it maybe we didn't fulfil key positions or we, we missed key players as I, well? I think it was hard because I think the season before, obviously the playoff, I don't think that season come out of nowhere. So I think no one was kind of, well, where's this come from? You've, 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 you play, you come in, you play this brand of football and it come out of kind of nowhere and you hit teams by surprise and you kind of literally at times... Uh, you was the way you played, the way the way you come. It was like, whoa, who's this team? Where that uses blowing teams off off the, off the field, and I think because it comes so quick, that summer had finished. I don't think a lot of the people. I don't think the whole club was ready to build from that point because it had come so drastic. Normally, you get these clubs. Who kind of? It's a lot of foundations going underneath, and after a few years, it it finally comes up. I think it happened that quick that a lot of things wasn't in place. So when I when I come in and that and that summer, there was a lot. I think there was still hangover from the previous. It not long finished because obviously with the playoff final, it was quite a short turnaround, and a lot of the players was kind of they had a really good season, and they kind of was still going off the back of that season, and obviously. Hoggy left quite late uh, in the window. Uh, Alman kind of had a had a lot of uh, trouble with with his injuries, and then obviously Shalaba I I never I've never played with him, so I didn't know. I knew from speaking to people what effect he had on the team. And it's and then with Vids, I got to play with Vids later mm. on when he come back, and like I say, he's a, he's a fantastic player, fantastic finisher, and. Any team is going to be better with 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 vids in there. So uh, maybe maybe I think I think it was probably the goals. If you look at the goals when Troy and vids that season. You take them goals out of any team, it's going to have a massive effect. And I don't think I think we brought in attacking players, but I don't think they quite uh, covered for what we lost in probably probably vids at, the, at that top end of the pitch, uh, but. We we did probably underachieve, but like I said, I think a lot of once Gianfranco went, I think a lot of things happened, and I think it was a, a bit all over the place, and I think the season ended up kind of fizzling out, and 
we was kind of in in between kind of two ways of playing and and, and two ways of thinking so so we probably did underachieve, but there was a lot of lot of factors I think came into that. On Troy, what have you made of of his development since playing with him? He's now you know a real talisman for for Watford, isn't he? Yeah, like look, the end of the day, you 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 can't uh, what he's done and the position he's got himself in is 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 fantastic, and and it's a credit to him, credit to himself, and credit to what he's done over the years and, and like I said he's 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 kind of been a been a figure point at, at that football club for a long time, uh which I think has helped him. I think it, it it's given him the confidence to be as bullshit as he is because I think he's got the I think he's got he's done so much for that football club. He he, he feels he feels really comfortable there and, and, and that's a massive thing for any footballer. Uh and I think he I think he's is a credit to you know what I mean to 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 where he's come from where the club club has come from from pretty much where where the kind of the 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 kind of where they started from when I first joined getting in the playoff final to to where they are now and he's come all, he's come all that way and it's it totally changed from from him from that point mm-hmm. to now so now I think he's uh I think he's been a fantastic servant for for Watford and I and I think he's uh. If he if he if he's still like I say he's gonna stay there and obviously with Nigel I think that it's quite a I think Nigel and him would 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 see eye tie and get on and and that's only that's only gonna benefit benefit Watford and 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 help them push on and finally on Watford Nigel Pearson has done a fantastic job there um, do you think Watford the squad they've got at the moment is capable of of, of remaining in the top flight yeah I think I think that if you if if you look at the squads. Uh, around the bottom, apparently, I think it's very tough. I think they're all kind of pretty even. Uh, I think it's a case of who puts the best run together. Really, uh, is gonna is gonna get them out. With Nigel being there, I've never uh, been managed by Nigel, but I know a lot of friends who have, and I know he's a very very good manager. And I think he's, as you can see already with, with him being in what he's done and how he's turned how he's turned the club around which is quite strange as well as you'll know with being an English manager because that's not some kind of uh, the owners I've, I've ever been uh, kind of they've ever done so they've gone a bit left in, in, in a sense of the appointment but I think it's a good appointment I think it's shown that uh, one thing they will be they'll be organised and they'll know exactly what they need to do and I think they they should the fans should be positive with Nigel being being there and and with the players that they've they've got a good chance of staying on. So that was my podcast with Lewis McGugan, um, and it was really good to speak to Lewis about his time at the club. And I also feel really sorry about how things have gone downhill from him in over the past couple of years because there's no doubting the ability um, is there. As we've seen during his time at Watford, he, he's capable of scoring free kicks. He's capable of scoring from distance. He's capable of doing some really good pieces of skill. And there's no doubting that on his day, he is a fantastic player. Um, and I'm, I really, really hope that he does get back out there soon, uh, whether it be in the Championship or League One, because a player of his ability shouldn't be out of the game for as long as he as he has been. 
Um, I also thought there was some really, really interesting stuff in there about working under Zola and Sanino and uh, Arini as well, who's someone that Watford fans also may or may not remember as well, um, and Kike Sanchez-Flores as well. I thought it was really interesting about how it wasn't Kike's decision, but Lewis left Vicarage Road uh, to join Sheffield Wednesday permanently. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do like, share and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Acast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at Vicarage Road Pod. You can follow me on Twitter too, at Bradley Hayden 11 uh, And if you have any feedback or any suggestions or want to forward any, any ideas of people that you would like me to speak to going forward, feel free to send me a tweet or a message, or you can email me on a trip down Vicarage Road at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll be back soon where I speak to another former Watford player about their time at Vicarage Road.